Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello again, everyone. Welcome into the lightninginsider.com podcast. I am Eric Rollinson from lightninginsider.com. I'm going to call this the time off edition because Tampa Bay has plenty of time off right now before they uh, start the Eastern Conference final because the other series is still going on and there'll be some time off here. As we know, Carolina and the Rangers, as I record this, are 2 2. Heading into Game 5, which means there will be a Game 6 on Saturday. And a potential Game 7 will take place on Monday. So that brings me to the universal question that I know is going around. And certainly I get asked it a lot. Hey, when does the next series start? Well, it just depends. That's best we can do as we saw the difference between Round 1 and Round 2. When we had to wait until deep into the night after the Dallas-Calgary series ended to figure out the schedule for the rest of the other series, including Tampa Bay and and Florida at that time as to when it was going to start. So uh, the best guess question is, um, don't know. If if the series ends on Saturday, I could see game one of the next round taking place on Monday or Tuesday, more likely a potential Tuesday, but it also depends on what goes on in the Western Conference. You know, again, as I sit here and record this, you know that Calgary and Edmonton, the Oilers are up 3-1 in that series, have a chance to close it out. We do know that St. Louis and Colorado are heading back to St. Louis for a game six after the Blues rallied from down 3-0 and then from down 4-3 late in the uh, third period after a brilliant goal by Nathan McKinnon to complete a hat trick that looked like it was going to be the series clincher and send Colorado to the Western Conference Final for the first time since 2002. Uh, We know that the Blues came back and tied it and then won that game in overtime to send the series back to six, so that one could potentially go seven as well. So, you know, there's still a lot up in the air as to the timing of everything. So, you know, that leaves the coaching staff and the players for the Lightning sitting around and and waiting, which is not, not a bad thing. We know that they're bumped up, lots of bruises, lots of fatigue after a grueling seven-game series and a much harder-than-it-looked four-game sweep of the Florida Panthers. We know that pucks took bites out of many players during uh, round two against Florida, so it's a well-deserved, well-earned, and and quite frankly, needed rest for the Lightning heading into uh, the next round which always brings up the age-old question. And I'll let you know that question after I let you know that this podcast is brought to you by BioPro Plus. It's the number one non-synthetic alternative to prescription hormone injections. 
look how you, uh, change how you look, perform, and feel with BioPro Plus. You can find BioPro Plus on Instagram or Twitter at BioProteinTech or online at BioProteinTech.com where you can get $30 off any order by simply putting in the code LIGHTNING at checkout. That's at BioProteinTech.com. Use the code word LIGHTNING for $30 off your order. So that age-old question, rest versus rust. We know Tampa Bay needs the rest, but then how much rust does set in? It's always an interesting question. And there's no right or wrong answer for it. There's no magic formula for uh, figuring out a way to navigate your way through it. Seen it before a couple of times, you know, in 2004, the Lightning swept the Montreal Canadiens in round two while the series between Philadelphia and Toronto went to seven games. So they had to sit around and wait for that series to finish before they could get started uh, on the Eastern Conference Final. Uh, one difference there is, is that Tampa Bay knew that they were going to start the next series at home because they had the best record in the Eastern Conference that year. So they knew no matter who won that series, they were going to start at home. In this case, we know that Tampa Bay will start on the road either in Raleigh at PNC Arena or at Madison Square Garden in New York, depending on who comes out of the series. We also saw Tampa Bay sweep the Washington Capitals in 2011, and it was a very similar situation in that series because games three and four were on back-to-back nights um, as Tampa Bay knocked out the Capitals, and they sat around and wait, waited for the conference finals to begin against the Bruins. Uh, I think the Bruins series ended relatively quick that season, too. So they knew they were going to face the Bruins uh, early on. They were just waiting on things to finish up in the Western Conference to get on. So rest versus rust, rust versus rust. It's the age-old question. And I wanted to pose that question and some more questions as well to Brian Engblom, a former Montreal Canadian who went through this same situation himself a couple of times. Uh, won a couple of cups with the Canadians back in the late 70s. Uh, current, of course, color analyst for Bally Sports Sun on the broadcast. Uh, you can catch him and Dave Randorf and crew, uh, including Paul Kennedy, as they continue post-game shows here through the postseason uh, on Bally Sports Sun. So after the game, make sure you turn into Bally Sports Sun for post-game um, coverage uh, of each and every game. So um, I had a chance to catch up with Brian the other day at practice, and uh, this is our conversation. So here's Brian Engblom from Bally Sports Sun. So I, I heard you talking um, earlier about you, you had breaks this long when you were playing. Like what is sort of the key to trying to keep yourself fresh during an extended break like this, which is unusual? So your mind doesn't get too detached. Um, I guess that's the first thing that coaches kind of worry about. And, and I think as players, you do too. Uh, the first couple of days, obviously, you just want to relax and you unwind. So you get that first two days or so. But you, you worry a lot about uh, keeping that edge, you know, where you're, where you're sharp and you're in it. And you're, like your blood's, once you're in a series, your blood's running 24-7. You're always doing something. You're either playing or you're in meetings or you're recovering. Um, and But it, it keeps you in that moment all the time. You really stay in it for weeks on end. So when you have a, a, an entire week or eight days, 
in between, that's a, that's a long time. So, you, yeah, you have to restart, and you don't want to miss that restart. You start, you know, if too many guys don't restart until game two, you got a problem, right? Because you're already down in the series. So it really is about that edge trying to keep it. And, and how do you, is there a way to ramp it up? Like we saw first day back practice, it was slow moving. The scrimmage looked like a slower pace in a camp scrimmage. You know, so you kind of build that back up as you get sure. closer because you still don't know at this point when it's going to start. What, that's what good coaching does. And Jeff Halpern talking about talking to junior coaches that have, you know, sometimes a couple of weeks before they go to the Memorial Cup. How do you keep, you know, your guys in it? Um, and what do you do? And you know, what have you done with practices? That's that's what makes coaching. And there there isn't a set formula. But for me, it makes sense what they're doing here. And in general, yeah, you take, if, you're, if you have a week off, the first two days, you need just nothing. Maybe they had a meeting. I don't think they even came to the rink. But that's basically where you start. Then, like today, I, I thought it was a really good time to scrimmage. This team doesn't scrimmage that much. We used to scrimmage a lot more, but that doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just different. Uh, the, 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 the practices are more intricate now than they used to be back in the day. Uh, and scrimmage helps you sort of stay sharp and in it too because you get that up and down and your blood's running and you're, and you're thinking about the game. And It's the little, you know, it's the line changes. I mean, you're not... You know, you're not on it and jumping over the boards full speed, but it's it's the rhythm of it as much as anything, and it and it works your legs. And a lot of times when you're doing drills, you know, you're standing a lot. You're, there's bursts. You're doing the drill, and you stand on the side while the next guy's doing. Well, this it's different when you scrimmage. And I always thought that scrimmaging was was important. This will probably be the only one they have. Maybe one more for a couple of minutes. You know, a few days down the road, but then they'll get back into more specifics. They'll work. I'm sure. One day it'll be more about the power play. Next day, maybe with more focus on the penalty kill. All the details of breakouts, always coverage inside your zone, always. Uh, they'll go, they'll run over that again. And all this once they know who the competition is too. And there's going to be a difference between playing Carolina or playing the Rangers. They're two different teams, so the strategies are going to be different too, and the coaches will be busy working on both of those strategies, ready to implement whichever one uh, once they find out who it is. How impressed have you been watching this team the last couple of years? I mean, you were on a Canadian team, so you jumped in the middle of, of their four straight runs, but you know when they were going through their stretch, and then to watch this team now, especially after coming off of 2019 and just the, their mentality and everything else now that here we are talking about 10 straight series victories, yeah. which haven't been done in you know 30 years, almost 40 years. I think it makes you appreciate that um, fans don't understand that when you get to the playoffs, everybody is important. And everybody's important to every player on the team. In other words, when your third and fourth line guys are blocking shots or just make under pressure, uh, make a really good play to get the puck out of the zone. Little things as small as that that a lot of people aren't even looking at. Guys come back to the bench and they get a, a good pat on the back from the coach or from or, or from you know teammates saying that was a hell of a play. It, it makes you feel that much better. You do feel important. You're a contributor and every shift matters. Every mistake stands out and every great play, whether it's defensively or offensively, really matters um, and escalates to a, to a higher level. So from that standpoint, 
I think that's what is a big part of the fun that people don't realize because it's not just the Kucherovs and the Stamkos and the Headman that are that are always making the big plays. And those guys have to be big. You know, your your best players have to be have to be good, near, really good, nearly all the time. Play to their, but it's impossible. Human nature is every game all the time. Are they going to be great? No. That's why you need depth. And as you go on in the playoffs, invariably you you can point back and say this line, or maybe it was the defense core, or whatever. There was a specific two or three guys that really put us over the top and actually made us win that series. Key players, and it's not always the top guys, but at the same time, as I said a moment ago. You have to have that layer of your top guys have to be going most of the time. They have to have that threat and they have to be who they are. But uh, also the appreciation for, you know, maybe a certain line. I mean, how many times have we talked about the Yanni Gord line? You know, since since they when they were winning and, of course, since they were gone. How appreciated they are and how they were responsible for winning not only games, but really some of the series. They were the key factor in it. That, <clears throat> excuse me, that's... That's what I'm talking about there, and that's what you have to have if you're going to win the cup. So I spent about two and a half days trying to get John Cooper and anybody else to define the word determination and when it comes to playoffs and how determined you have to be and how willing. And then we watched game two against the series against Florida, and four different guys during the game had to leave because they were eating pucks in some capacity, especially Hagel and Stamkos blocking shots. We saw Corey Perry leaving warm-ups from taking a shot off the crossbar. They hit him in the face. Just when you see that and how, like, it's inspiring watching it from afar. I'd have to mean it, think it's so much even more so being down on a bench and with that room watching guys do that and come back at the same time. Over the years, Eric, people, words become, you know, changed, uh, different ways to describe the same thing. Uh, in this era, it kind of makes me chuckle uh, that you can't use the word desperation. You know, it's like everybody throws at it. No, we don't want to play desperate because that rises, you know, brings to mind certain feelings that we want. That's BS to me. I remember Bob Ganey, our captain, standing up in the room in key situations in games when we were actually ahead in the game, but it was slipping a little and just storming back and forth in the locker room going, we got to play desperate. Let's get going here. Let's see that damn desperation level get going and just be fire coming out of both eyes. We played desperate. We played desperate those days. That's the word we use. Call it whatever you want now. Determination, whatever. For me, that doesn't get it. Determined is, yeah, that's something that you steadily should have and you're working away. It's like a hammer banging a nail. You know, for me, but desperation is you get the sledgehammer out and it's got to go in in one whack. All right? That's, that's the difference for me. You got to play desperate. You have to be better than the other guy. And it's all those key one-on-one battles. And it gets, some games are tougher than others. In your own little world, and see, that's a different thing too. Whether you're the left defenseman and everything seems to be going to heck one game. And you're just under siege all the time. And your partner, you get the puck to him and things are going okay. Or maybe maybe it's, you know, the first line. They're having a great game and, and things are, you know, you're in sync and it's going great. And in other nights, you can't get going at all. You're just in the mud all the time. So your own little world, you're responsible for it. How do you get out of it is you have to work through it. 
and determination is not good enough in the playoff in, in my mind. You have to dig down and get desperate and, and do some extra things, especially when things aren't going well, and especially if you're a top-level uh, player on your team because it's just not going to be good enough. So how have you seen that change with this team over the past couple of years? Because those guys do that. Because they do. It starts in the locker room. Stammer touched on it in, in uh, uh, his, his interview with the press, uh, you know, talking about game six where, yeah, it wasn't quiet. I think that's the term he used. You know, they got in the locker room and went, hey, this is slipping away. Our season is going to be over. You think that wasn't desperation, right? And yeah. so they have it. They have the guys. It's Stammer. It's Hetty. It's you know. It's Clorn, McDonough, all these guys, and more. You know, we're not in there, but they have the guys who create that atmosphere of going to other players who maybe don't understand it well enough. That you have to get to that level. You have to be that good. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It has to mean that much to you. In, in order to get over the top, because otherwise, yeah, your season is over. Uh, and they have done that. They realized it in the first cup year. Um, the first time you do it as a group, a core group, then it really clicks in. You've heard all the words, you've done it, uh, maybe at lower levels, but you haven't done it here. So the first time you do it, it's like, okay, that feeling never goes away. I've said this to you before, Eric. The teams that win want it even more than the ones who haven't won yet. People don't seem to understand that because you get that taste in your mouth and you want it again. You want it really badly because there's nothing like that euphoric feeling of sitting in the locker room and in the days and weeks afterwards of knowing you did it. You emptied the tank, you did everything you had to do, and you were better than everybody else. And that you can't replace that feeling. That's what sports is all about. So... They got there, they were able to put out the energy and do it the right way in the first cup, and then falling back on those feelings and recognizing when you have to have those desperate moments. Sometimes it's at the end of the first period that makes a difference in that game. But recognizing that, that's what experience really is. I have two more here for you uh, before we let you go. Um, the core of this team has been together you know, you think of Andre Pallad and Steven Stamkos, Victor Hepp, and Alex Kalorn, uh, that group of players really for the past decade. It's so rare in today's salary cap world to have a team together for that long. What does it mean when you're trying to create that atmosphere, that right sort of atmosphere, culture, whatever words you want to use, to have a core of players like that together as part of a leadership group so that when you do bring in new players, it tends to be a situation where they kind of fit in seamlessly? Yeah, ask managements about that, you know, from, you know, decades ago to, you know, the mistakes that they made trying to put core groups together. And, of course, ask GMs that put together great core groups, including this one here that uh, the eiserman Breezewalk combination has done, along with the other people behind the scenes who don't get named often enough. Uh, you develop your players like DeAndre Palazzo who came out of nowhere, late draft picks, and you go, yeah, this kid's good enough now. 
let's get him in here. And then he just continues to, to grow as a person. Same thing with Alex Kalorn. Same thing with Steven Stamkos. So how do you develop and go? And then the group that's together. Personalities are really important. Look when Pat Maroon came in. Yeah. They knew they needed that element of a guy who's sort of outside the box a little bit, who has a, a distinct, very different personality, an ability to to really just sort of be funny at the right moment, you know, and loosen guys up, but also drags people into the fight, you know, in the middle of a game when, you know, the game's, the team's dropping off and isn't quite into it. He'll pick a fight with somebody and he's always yapping and all that, and he loves it because that's his personality. Those, those personalities, you have to have them all. You can't just have clones out there of the same kind of guy. You can't, you can't have 18 guys all the same. Even if it's the biggest superstar in the world, it doesn't work that way. You, you, it's a necessity because you go through so much of an emotional um, ringer in the locker room, in between days, and certainly from shift to shift, that some guys will surprise you, and some guys' personality, of, you need those guys that are just, they're so intense that, you know, they, they won't even talk to you. And then you need the other guys like, you know, Pat Maroon, who are kind of offbeat and, and loosen things up. Um, so all those things mesh together. And for, for GMs and for, for staffs putting guys together, it's not an exact science, and that's the problem. And sometimes they put, a, put together a core, and as it evolves, there's the, that one guy that actually becomes a problem, you know? And it's, it's, a, <clears throat> it's like a chemistry lesson without blowing up the lab. And it's a very fine line. And the better your team is from one year to the next, and you want to make that last leap to become one of the top echelon teams, what do you do with that last guy or two? Who yeah. is that last guy or two? That happens all the time, and there are mistakes made on that last guy or two all the time. And then other ones are brilliant, like the Lightning have had the last few years. You mentioned a little bit earlier about the difference between Carolina and New York. Obviously, we're going to have to wait a few days to figure out which one it's going to be. So uh, I'm not going to ask you which is a better matchup, but just kind of just real quick break down the difference between the way the Rangers play and the way Carolina plays. Yeah, I I wouldn't know what the, what the best matchup is. Yeah. They are very different teams. Uh, Carolina is a very disciplined, <clears throat> very deliberate team. They're surgical almost. Their efficiency level is outstanding. They can all skate. They all work incredibly hard within their structure, which means they pressure at the right time. They also know how to play in the neutral zone. They know how to play in their own zone. They man up away from the puck. It's really hard for guys, even as brilliant as Kucherov, to find somebody open to pass to. So, and I think you've seen that in the series with Panarin. His frustration is shown sometimes because he wants to draw people to him. And that means somebody's open, and then you go, Nobody's open. That's what Carolina can do to you, especially the defense. I think the Lightning defense, it's shown in every game they've played, whether they played eight times just in the last year or so. They, in, in the playoffs last year, coming out of the zone, the regroups, getting those passes and make sure you don't turn it over in the neutral zone. But you also have your forwards playing the right way. Get open and fight for pucks when you're, when you're on the breakout or when you're on the attack. It's a, it's a meshing thing that you have to have, and if you get it wrong, they can counter, and they have a lot of depth The guys can score. The Rangers are, are, are less surgical than they are. I think maybe that is youth, but it's also their style. They have a panache and a flair, and they like to get it, you know, to run and gun, where they use momentum to their 
to their uh, advantage an awful lot. They turn the game in their favor and they want to run over you. So then you've got to control the Criders who had 50 goals and the Paterans who was a, a mirror image of Nikita Kucherov and, and other guys. And then you've got nasty, you know, like Reeves who can play nasty. And Jacob Truba, I think, is one of their most overlooked players. He's their Ryan McDonough and he is a, a, a linchpin guy and a really nasty guy to play against. So I think there's more, those, those emotional swings, I think, maybe come into play when you're looking at it from a distance with the Rangers more so than, than Carolina that just surgically tries to take you apart. I lied, I got one more for you. How fun has the Western Conference been to watch? Oh, I couldn't believe that. That uh, what was it, 9-6 did it end up? Yeah. I stopped counting. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe Calgary won that game. To be honest, the way it was, they were so far ahead, and Edmonton was a mess, and Smith gets pulled, and it's crazy, and then they start coming. And when they tied it up at 6-6, Edmonton ties it up, I went, Calgary's done. You don't come back from, from you know, blowing a game like that. And then they, not, nothing seemed to bother them, and they came right back and scored again, and they win by a couple of goals. I, my jaw hit the ground about five times in that game. Come, come on. And then poor Mike Smith, he actually not ended up not being poor Mike Smith because he yeah. let in fewer goals than the other two goalies who ended up playing the rest of the way. So I think that it's been interesting that Calgary is unnerved now. I think Edmonton's going to win this series. I, I do. Uh, largely because of Connor McDavid. Just because of that momentum that he can create and what star players can do. And when they really get going, I mean, it means so much, especially when you're as good as he is. I, I've never seen any, anything like Connor McDavid. But also, I think it's unraveled Calgary a lot. They're so focused on him, and they still don't have the answer. Um, they have to get focused on trying to score some goals and get their guys going because everybody's talking about how are you going to stop McDavid, how are you going to stop McDavid. And I think Markstrom's been mediocre at best and pretty lousy at times. And he's been a hell of a goalie all year. He's had a really good season. He said they're scoring goals on him where he's not even in the crease anymore. Like he's lost his net. And I think also McDavid has, has forced him to lose their position on the ice, their defensemen in particular. Don't forget about where you are. <clears throat> it's almost impossible to finish this guy one-on-one. He not only has a sixth sense, McDavid has a seventh and eighth sense where you think you're going to go and eliminate a guy, which you normally do, he stops and spins and is gone. He's a ghost. So you have to know where you are in the middle of the ice. Let him do all that stuff. Just keep him to the outside. And everybody else, he's a great passer. I mean, look at Evander Kane's going, I'm loving this. What's he got, 12 goals now playing on that line? He just has to be decently smart, and he is, and he's got good hands. He goes to the net, he gets gets a couple of tap-ins. So... You can't get so preoccupied with McDavid, but he is making them lose track of where they are on the ice. And you have whoever he's going one-on-one with, they have at least one other player going, i got to go help, it's McDavid. And then you even have a third guy who's looking to see, okay, are those two guys okay with McDavid? And meanwhile, he makes a drop pass, and that guy, Evander Kane, is putting it in the back of the net from 15 feet away. So he's really got them bamboozled. Gretz used to do it to us a lot, you know, back in the day. A lot of similarities. Gretz moved differently than Connor. As they said, I've never seen anything like Connor McDavid. Uh, but similarly, he's also very smart. He uses his other players as well, too. So they're going to have to just do a better job of 
cut off the middle of the ice. Let him mess around. Let him take his shots from there. Don't let him inside. Don't look down at the puck. <laughs> he is a magician that just hypnotizes people. His hands, I've never seen anybody with hand speed and foot speed, and he's totally connected. His hands are connected to his feet. Have you ever looked at his dry land training on YouTube? Look it up. Just look Connor McDavid, dry land training. It is not human. <laughs> and this is going back to what he's like. That explains a lot. <laughs> about, yeah, about 15 years old. You can see, by, you can tell by his face, he's pretty young. Yeah. He's been doing this, I'm sure, since he was 9 or 10 years old. I'm sure whoever his dry land coaches are and his trainers in general, they just went faster, no, faster, no, no, do it faster, do it more, faster. And he's been doing this since he's 9 or 10 years old. And now it pays off when he is, what is he, 25 now or whatever. It, it's it's crazy. I swear it's not human sometimes. Yeah. All right, Brian, thank you so much for your time, and uh, we'll continue to see you on the post-game shows on Valley Sports Sun. Appreciate Absolutely. It. Thank you. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Brian. Always great to catch up with him. He's got a great mind for the game. Uh, he's so much fun to kind of pick his mind every now and then. So uh, thanks to Brian for giving us uh, some time here on the podcast uh, and, and you know, some insight on some of the things that I know a lot of you guys are talking about and, and asking questions about. So uh, I figured why not go straight to the source or a source, a very tied in source with, uh, with the NHL and, and all the experiences that he has had through his career uh, as a player and as a broadcaster, as a you know, national broadcaster and now on a local level as well. So uh, great to catch up with Brian. A couple of things here before we uh, we sign off for this episode. Um, again, don't know exactly when the schedule is going to be. Just keep your eye, of course, on my Twitter feed. Uh, lightninginsider.com is the website. Don't forget, if you're not a subscriber already and you want the most experienced coverage of this team, lightninginsider.com is it. I've been covering this team for 22 years Spent the first 16 years at the Tampa Tribune before it was uh, put out of business back in 2016. So I've had the website since then. So again, no more experienced media member than myself. Uh, If you want to join lightninginsider.com, I'm going to give you a code. Put in podcast for $10 off your first year uh, off a yearly subscription. So that's the code word podcast if you want to check that out uh, as well. Uh, so the team will continue to practice. There'll be, you know, some practice days here. Uh, there'll be another off day um, built in as well to give the players some rest. Uh, we s- did not see Brandon Hagel on the ice as the team did come back to practice. That's not all too surprising with what we believe. He is dealing with a hairline fracture in his foot. Uh, not confirmed, but uh, that seems to be the case with him. Uh, of course, no Braden Point. That's going to be the big question. What's Braden Point's status? What's Braden Point's status? As I've said uh, times here throughout um, the the second round after he got injured in Game 7 against Toronto, I think you have to just move forward with the thought that he's not going to be able to return and anything else he can give you as a bonus. And I uh, don't know the severity of the injury, but the fact that we haven't seen him on the ice yet is not a good sign. Uh, but you never know. Injury information is just so hard to come by and gather and... <laughs> gets on the record at this time of the year. So uh, we'll see what happens and what comes in the forthcoming days. But, um, you know, uh, I I would just go with the assumption that we probably won't see Braden Point. And if we do, then that's a bonus uh, for his part. 
All right, don't forget to continue to check out my work at LightningInsider.com, my weekly episodes with uh, Ian Beckles and Jay Retcher on WDAE 95.3. That's usually Wednesdays from 4 to 5 p.m. The race schedule sometimes disrupts that somewhat. Uh, So just, you know, keep an eye on my Twitter feed and listen to 95.3 WDAE for any changes to that schedule. Uh, The pregame skate show I do with Bobby the Chief Taylor will continue for this round again. So that's one hour before uh, scheduled puck drop. Uh, You can listen to that locally on News Radio WFLA. That's 970 AM. Uh, As well as on Lightning Power Play. You can go to the iHeart app and simply search Lightning Power Play. And you can uh, listen to... Hockey Talk, 24 hours a day, uh, game reviews and uh, other shows that are on there as well. But again, the pregame skate show with myself and Bobby the Chief Taylor is one hour before puck drop. And we do that live uh, out at the Cigar City Tap Room for home games. So again, one hour before home games, me and I, myself and Bobby the Chief Taylor are live out there at the Cigar City Brewing Tap Room. Uh, all right, that's going to sign things off for us here right now. As always, I appreciate everything you do. Uh, for me, the support you've given me, uh, everything else, I, I, I hope I continue to bring you some good insights. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Brian Engblom, and we'll be back with another episode at some point before this series starts, and who knows, if it's too long, maybe there'll be a couple more episodes. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening, and we'll talk soon. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.